Well, good evening, uh, sisters and brothers. Uh, once again, a warm welcome to you to uh, St. Mary's Online uh, and the uh, online uh, smack service uh, this evening. Can I get you to turn with me, please, uh, back to that reading that we just had from Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, uh, just give you a moment to find that. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to be looking together at verses 4 to 7 uh, of that passage. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. Uh, shall we uh, pray together uh, before we uh, before the good God's word together? Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that we can gather around your word, uh, even electronically. Uh, uh, Father, we, uh, we pray uh, that you speak to us. Uh, as we consider this word together, we pray that you help me to preach it rightly uh, and uh, faithfully. Uh, and we pray that your spirit uh, would be at work uh, among all of us. Um, we pray that uh, those who hear this message um, would, uh, would, 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 would hear about Jesus and the spirit would enable us to respond to him rightly, uh, to trust him, uh, to rely on you. Uh, and we pray that you help us to persevere uh, in following you. Uh, even through these times. So we, we commit this time to you. Uh, please work uh, among us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in times like these, it is very easy to be worried, isn't it? Uh, some of us are worried about the coronavirus uh, and the effect on our health uh, and the health of our loved ones. Uh, some of us are worried about the secondary effect on the economy uh, and our business. Uh, some of us actually have even bigger things to worry about. Uh, things in our lives that make the viral problem uh, seem small in comparison. Now, when the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians, he was, he was facing some pretty big problems. Uh, he was in prison, he was in chains for the gospel, didn't know whether he was going to be killed or eventually released. He had an important apostolic ministry. How could he complete his task of proclaiming Christ to the Gentiles if he was stuck in prison? Furthermore, he also had brothers and sisters in Christ who were purposely trying to make things hard for him. Now, I'd be very upset uh, if that were me. Uh, I'd be tempted to worry uh, about myself, my future, uh, and the future of the work of the gospel. But the Apostle Paul doesn't seem worried in this letter. For him personally to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, as far as gospel work is concerned, he was confident that God was the one who began a good work in the Philippians. He is the one who would bring it to completion. And he didn't really mind when people made it hard for him, as long as the gospel was preached. Now, that's a pretty good mindset, isn't it? He knows how to handle even worrying problems. And in the passage we're looking at today, he shows the Philippians, and the Spirit shows us how we can handle these things as well. Well, the first thing that we see in our passage is a command to rejoice in the Lord. Now, have a look in verse 4 of Philippians chapter 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Notice he doesn't just say rejoice. It's not, I don't see a big smile on your face, Ephesians, Philippians. No, let's all put a big smile. Let's all be happy. Let's just pretend everything is okay. There's no virus. I'm out of prison. Our problems are gone. Rejoice! No, 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 no. He's not saying 
be happy for no reason. He's not just saying, don't worry, be happy. What Paul wants the Philippians to do is to rejoice in the Lord. That is, he wants them to rejoice in Jesus. In other words, he wants Jesus to be the one they delight in. He wants Jesus to be the focus of their thanksgiving and praise. He wants Jesus to be the source of their joy. He wants them to appreciate, to treasure, to enjoy, to celebrate who Jesus is and what he's done for them. He wants them to rejoice in him and therefore prize him above everything else. Now, other people might think this is silly. They might say, you're going through all these bad things. Why are you going to rejoice in Jesus? And so to explain to people, he needs to explain, we need to explain to people, uh, if we take on this kind of attitude, that, that it's actually it's a, it's a very reasonable thing to do. Uh, in verse 5, Paul says, uh, let your reasonableness be known to all. Let your reasonableness be known to all. Now, uh, the word translated reasonableness could also be translated gentleness. Some of our translations have that. Uh, but the word firstly means what is right or fitting. And I think that's the meaning here. You see, it is right or fitting or reasonable to rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because verse 5 continues, the Lord is at hand. Jesus has risen from the dead and he is coming back soon. He will save his people from this world. He will bring us to eternal glory, to the place where there is no more death or mourning or crying or pain, and there is perfect relationship between God and his people forever. So no matter what happens now, we can know that everything is going to be okay in the end. And we also know that he died to pay the penalty of our sin so that we can be part of that good ending. And we're grateful to him. And so whatever the problems or challenges we face, no matter how widespread or otherwise the virus becomes, it is perfectly reasonable to rejoice in the Lord Jesus. Now that doesn't mean we don't have problems. Uh, the coronavirus is still a threat. So what do we do with these problems? Now, when we're worried, we want to connect with someone who can do something about it, right? Now, have you ever tried to, to get in contact with someone important to talk about some difficulty you're facing? And first you get a machine, right? Uh, for English, press one. For Untuk Bahasa Malaysia, Sila Tekan Dua. Right? I'm not going to try the, the Chinese and Tamil versions. Now, once you get through that, then you need to press the right button to get the right department. You have to know the extension of the person you're calling. And then you go to an extension that's not being answered. You get cut off, you can start all over again. That's not how it works with God. We have access to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. He has died for us so that we can come to the Father. So we can have confidence that God hears us when we, when we approach Him through His beloved Son. That is why Paul says to the Philippians, and the Spirit says to us in verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God by prayer and supplication, right? Prayer simply means talking to God, right? That's what it means. Every time you look in the Bible for prayers, it's people talking to God, right? Prayers talking to God. Supplication means asking God for something, right? And so the Bible tells us when we're anxious, we should talk to God and ask Him for things. Right? It doesn't mean 
that we're not to think about our problems or look for solutions. Uh, it doesn't mean that we don't take reasonable and responsible measures like, like doing online church where there's a threat from coronavirus. But it does mean that when we come across things that concern us, when there are things that weigh on our mind, when we're afraid, we're not to brood over these things. We won't be thinking about them in the same kind of way as if God were not ultimately on the throne. We won't despair. As soon as you find yourself worrying about something, talk to God about it. He is the ruler of the world, the creator of all, the one who's so far above everything, we can't even begin to imagine how great He is, and yet, He loves you. He loves you. And in fact, He invites you. In fact, because He loves you, He commands you. Don't worry. Come and talk to me about it. Come and talk to me about it. So pour out your heart to Him. Maybe it's the virus. Maybe it's something else entirely. God is big enough to handle the big things. And He's big enough to handle the little things as well. We can come to God with, what does it say? Everything. Everything. Now, the fact that we can tell God everything, that He hears and understands, that's, that's amazing enough. But it's even more amazing the fact that God tells us to let our requests be made known to Him. That is, we can actually ask God for things. That's, that's really amazing because God is God. He's the one who's made everything. He knows all things. He controls all things. He knows what is best. And yet he doesn't just say, well, just let me get on with the job of running the universe. I know what I'm doing and I can do it just fine. Thank you very much. He actually tells us to make our requests known to him. To ask him for what we want and what we feel we need. He invites us to participate with him in the rulership of the world by requesting him to act in particular ways. And he very often chooses to work in such a way that he does what we ask in response to our prayers. Again, he doesn't have to do it that way. He could give us everything we need without us praying. He could send out his gospel without us praying. He could give us daily food and health without us praying. He doesn't need to wait for us to pray. Sometimes even he doesn't. But the way he usually works is in answer to our prayers. Not because we can control him. God forbid that we should think that. But because he's in relationship with us. If God does everything automatically, we'll just take everything for granted, wouldn't we? We'll simply think the universe owes us everything we need. When it comes to viruses, we'll just think we can deal with them on our own. When it comes to ministry, we're so filled with pride, we, can, we think we can just serve God in our own strength. We don't really need Him to act. We wouldn't have to ask God for anything, rely on Him to, to, to look after us. And it would seem as if we were doing everything ourselves. And that would be a spiritual disaster, wouldn't it? No, my friends, we're not beneficiaries of an automatic, impersonal process. We are children of the living God who invites us to humbly come before Him and call upon Him to supply our needs. It doesn't mean we force Him to do anything. We don't demand from Him. We make our requests known to Him. We ask Him to act according to His will. We know that He hears our prayers, that He takes them into account, that He loves us and will do what is best. 
So make your requests known to God. But that's not all. Verse 6 tells us that when we pray, we should do so with thanksgiving. Someone once said, I feel sorry for atheists. Uh, they see a beautiful sunset and they have no other thank for it. Thankfulness is a mark of the Christian. Because we have so much to be thankful for. We have a God who gives us life. He gives us everything that we need to survive every day. But more than that, for those who belong to Jesus, He has given us salvation. He has rescued us from sin and death and hell. And instead, He has given us forgiveness and eternal life. He has given us His Son who died to bring this rescue about. And He's given us His Spirit who enables us to believe in Jesus and to follow Him. He's given us His Word so we know who He is and how we can relate to Him and what He has done for us. He's, he's given us the privilege of prayer, direct access to His throne. Friends, God has done so much for us in Jesus and nothing can change that. We do not know the road ahead. There will be times which we find really tough. There will be times which we go through and we look around and, and we say, there's nothing here I can thank God for. Maybe you've had times like that. Times when we think, does God really love me? Because if He did, why am I going through all this? Things I used to thank God for before, they're just, they're just bitterness to me now. Can't thank God for other people because they let me down. Can't thank God for meaning. I can't see it at the moment. Can't thank God for food. I, I don't want to eat. Uh, can't even thank God for life. I just don't feel like living. Today, if that's you, if that's ever you, there is still something you can thank God for. For there is something that God has done that will never change, no matter what the circumstances. There is a way of knowing that God loves you even when the whole world screams out and tells you that He doesn't. And that is to go back to the cross. At the cross you can see that He really does care because Jesus came to die for you. He gave His life on your behalf. He took your sins, your punishment, your, your, your guilt so that, that you can be forgiven. That is love. And nothing, 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 nothing can ever change that. And if you can't thank God for anything else, then you can still thank God for the cross. And if you can thank God for the cross, then you can know that you can trust Him. For a God who loves you so much that He's given His Son for you is a God who really is on your side. And whatever else you are going through, you can talk to Him about it. You can know that He's working for your good. And little by little, you'll be able to see other things that you can thank God for as you bring your prayers and supplications before Him. Now, God doesn't promise that if we do this, we won't get the virus. God doesn't promise that if we do this, our problems will disappear. What does He promise? Well, verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
who guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, believers know the fact that God is at work in all things for our good and for his glory. But we may never understand why God allows us to face this particular problem or that particular illness or this particular difficulty uh, at this point in time. We may not understand. But the peace of God surpasses understanding. In other words, it's better than understanding. And God promises that His peace will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The picture is, is like that of a prison, right, with the guards patrolling around the outside. Right? And the guards keep the prisoners in the prison so they can't run away. And Paul tells us that if we turn to God in prayer, if we bring our problems to Him with thanksgiving, then the peace of God will guard us. He will keep us, not in prison, but in Christ Jesus. He will stop us from falling away. I know some of you have gone through some pretty terrible things. And we don't know what's going to happen in the weeks ahead. We don't know if the virus is going to spread throughout our community. We don't know if we're going to be sick and die. We don't know if we're going to lose our job or our business. But think with me. What is the worst thing that could happen to you? The worst thing. Well, let me tell you what the worst thing is. The worst thing that could happen to you is that you stop trusting in Jesus. That's the worst thing. Everything else that you think might be really bad is just temporary. Even if we die, if we're trusting in Jesus, we'll be with Him in heaven and one day He will raise us in glory. But if we reject Christ, if we fall away from Him, we will go to hell for eternity. That is, that is the worst thing that could happen. Some people fall away when times are too good, they forget to rely on God. Some people fall away when times are bad because they're disappointed with God. But God has given us the resources to handle both the good times and the bad. The Bible tells us if we bring everything to Him in prayer, if we ask Him for what we need in an attitude of trust and thanksgiving, His peace will guard us in Christ Jesus. Whatever situation we face, He won't let it drag us away from Him. And there's nothing more important for us than that. I, I know that some of you have gone through some pretty terrible things. And we don't know what's going to happen in the weeks ahead. We don't know if the virus is going to spread around our community. We don't know if we're going to get sick or maybe even die. We don't know if we're going to lose our jobs or our business. But think with me. What is the worst thing that could happen to you? What's the worst thing that could happen? Let me tell you what it is. The worst thing that could happen is that you could stop trusting in Jesus. Isn't it? Everything else you think might be really bad is actually only temporary. Right? Even if we die, if we are trusting in Jesus, he will, he will bring us to heaven and He will raise us on the last day in glory. But if we reject Christ, if we fall away from Him, then, then we will be facing hell for all eternity. That 
is the worst thing that could happen. Some people wander away from Christ when times are too good, they forget to rely on God. Some people wander away from Christ when things are bad because they're disappointed with God. But God has given us the resources to handle both the good times and the bad. The Bible tells us if we bring everything to Him in prayer, if we ask Him for what we need in the attitude of trust and thanksgiving, His peace will guard us in Christ Jesus. And whatever the situation we face, it won't drag us away from Him. And friends, there is nothing more important than that. And so, sisters and brothers, whatever our circumstances, we can rejoice in the Lord Jesus. We can tell people that it's reasonable to do that because Jesus is coming back and all will be well in the end. And if anything worries us, we should pray instead of worrying. We can ask God for anything and He will answer as is best. We ask with thanksgiving, knowing that He loves us in his beloved son and when we do that the problems we face won't draw us away from jesus but will teach us to rely on him so come to god with your worries trust him in the midst of the present turmoil and in spite of whatever you are facing rejoice in the lord jesus Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are sovereign, that you rule the world in love, and that you work all things for our good and your glory. We thank you that you have given us your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he died to take the penalty of our sins and rose again as Lord. We thank you that you invite us to come to you freely through him. Father, you know the anxieties that many of us face at this time. And we pray that you'll be using these things to, to teach us to come to you in prayer, presenting our request before you with thanksgiving. We pray that you help us to rejoice in Jesus above everything else. And while there are many things we don't understand, we pray that your peace, which is better than understanding, would keep our hearts and minds in Him. And we ask this in His name. Amen.